From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages. Welcome again to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary, bringing you another end of another fun-filled adventures in podcasting here on WTF Friday. Oh yes, folks, and what a week it has been, especially within the last 48 hours. John Solomon and his team at Just the News have had not one, but two explosive blockbuster stories with within that period of time. First, we go back to Wednesday. The first big story, and I even let people know on all of our social media platforms, this was a big one. And if John Solomon says it's a big one, you better believe you could take that to the bank. And boy, was it ever. Now, we've heard the story about the IRS whistleblower who is trying to uh, ask for whistleblower protections via uh, an attorney and wants to tell their story to uh, to Congress. Now, apparently, this whistleblower, if you are uh, just never, if you didn't somehow catch the story, uh, and I'm just reading this from John Solomon, JustTheNews.com. A decorated supervisory IRS agent has reported to the Justice Department's top watchdog that federal prosecutors appointed by Joe Biden have engaged in an, I quote, preferential treatment and politics, unquote, to block criminal tax charges against Hunter Biden, providing evidence as a whistleblower that conflicts with Attorney General Merrick Garland's recent testimony to Congress that the decision to bring charges against Biden was left to the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for Delaware. According to a letter from the whistleblower's attorney, Mark Little, to Congress, obtained by Just the News, the IRS agent revealed he is seeking to provide detailed disclosures about a high-profile sensitive case to the tax writing committees in Congress which have special authority under federal tax privacy laws to receive such information. That could pave the way to share the details with other committees in the coming weeks. Ay, 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 ay. And later on today, and for the weekend, yes, I will be on in blackandright.net, our website. I'll be posting this story, and you'll be able to read... Uh, Mark Little's letter to the respective uh, congressmen and senators dealing with this situation. Because if this is the case and the whistleblower does provide those key details, once again, Merrick Garland lied before Congress. Oops. Well, well, well. This is rather interesting. And yet, 
Once again, I mean, the, the FBI, the weaponized uh, fascist Bureau of Intimidation, has had the Hunter laptop since December of 2019. And yet, here we have to have a whistleblower from the IRS trying to tell uh, the watchdog, the inspector general, uh, for the Justice Department that, hey, they're... They, they're not doing their job. Period. End of discussion. And Merrick Garland has pretty much, once again, lied to Congress because he believes he can and he cannot be touched. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. Kind of like that. So, I mean, I don't know where this guy gets whatever he thinks he can, you know, that, well, I don't have to answer to Congress. Because I'm the Attorney General. B.S. If you're not going to do your job, just say so. Why do we have to find out that you're lame from whistleblowers? I mean, we already have, oh my gosh, about a dozen and a half FBI folks who've blown the whistle. Many of them have lost their positions uh, because somehow uh, their identities uh, got leaked to the media. But they're still going to people like Chuck Grassley, senator from Iowa, and the Judiciary Committee. And they're going to Jim Jordan, the uh, chair of the House Judiciary Committee. So, I don't know what the deal is on that, folks. But, right behind that story, next day, here's uh, justthenews.com again. Uh, John Solomon and... Again, coming up with a, another blockbuster. Uh, and also a, a Nick a Jeebus, uh, one of his colleagues that works there, come up with the next story. Ex-spy, ex-top spy admits Hunter Biden laptop letter designed to influence the 2020 election. And Tony Blinken, our current Secretary of State, was involved. Now... Reading the sub-headline, Extraordinary Omission by Career Intelligence Officer Michael J. Morrell, who was at one time the Deputy Director of the CIA, provides stunning evidence that the now infamous letter from 51 security officials in, uh, uh, in October 2021 was not organic intelligence community event, but rather a political dirty trick. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, Mike Morrell, the former deputy director of the CIA, and all of a sudden he just spills the beans? Wow. And, and on top of that, uh, I mean, how are these other people who were involved with this, which includes people like John Brennan, and a whole bunch of others. And, oh my gosh. Let's take a look at this one, folks. Same, another story, a great story uh, from Justin News. And reading just the first paragraph or so. A former acting CIA director has admitted to Congress that he organized the letter that falsely portrayed Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation in an effort to influence the 2020 election 
in favor of Joe Biden and that he did so at the direction of current Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. According to a letter released Thursday by, the, by House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan. Holy cow, folks. I, 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 there's more to this. Uh, going a little bit further in the story. Uh, Jordan sent a letter demanding Blinken answer a series of questions about Morrell's stunning testimony. As lawmakers weighed the enormity of America's top diplomat being willing to accuse a nuclear arms superpower of interfering in the 2020 election without evidence. The letter includes major snippets of Morell's testimony. Okay. Now we've got Anthony Blinken involved, the Secretary of State. He was a foreign policy advisor to the Biden campaign. Uh, in 2020, but my goodness, what made Michael Morrell, the num a former number two at the CIA, get involved with this scheme and admit it? I mean, just admitted it in his testimony uh, to the Judiciary Committee. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? And because every, I mean, and why now? We, we've all, if, if you've been paying attention, of course, if we, we figured out that, it, that the letter was crap, it was totally falsified uh, at all, completely. Just completely. It was just done. And yet, now, here you have a guy who admits that he was responsible for circulating the letter when... Blinken, who was part of the Biden campaign, said, okay, here, Mike Morrell, you, you do this, and, and ba-doom. So, I'm thinking to myself, huh, why this letter now? Why this admission now? I mean, we already figured out it was bogus, but yet, here's Morrell throwing some 50 people uh, and not just low-level folks. These are high-level people in the, uh, in the intelligence community. FBI, Homeland Security, CIA, NSA, what have you. So this really makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder about this. But that was another huge blockbuster that uh, John Solomon came up with. Now, I have to give kudos to uh, Congressman Jordan and the Judiciary Committee uh, for their diligent work, but there is a whole lot more to go. whole lot more to go uh, when it comes to dealing with this nonsense. Uh, my goodness. Uh, from Gateway Pundit, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is on the government oversight, on the House Oversight Committee, pretty much dropped a bombshell of her own earlier this week, uh, saying that the Oversight Committee has evidence of Biden family connections to human trafficking of prostitutes from not just the United States, but from Russia and Ukraine. My goodness. So, let's, I, I just assume let Congresswoman Green say it for herself. So, hang on here as I am looking... All right, 
Here we go. We just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, what I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, there's basically an enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden uh, involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through for foreign countries China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. There's a lot of information the American people deserve to know of the Biden family and the crimes they've been involved in. And the Oversight Committee has a much bigger investigation to do than we ever thought was possible. Um, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. Uh, this involved prostitutes, not only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is this is unbelievable that a president and a former vice president, uh, not only his son, Hunter Biden, but many more family members extending past Hunter Biden and his immediate family. Uh, we're going to have to really get to work. This is an investigation that needs to be revealed to the American people. And not only do we have questions about Hunter Biden himself, but this is going to extend into developing a web of uh, corruption, a web of fake companies uh, that's going to reveal money that came in from many foreign countries and went directly into the personal bank accounts of the Biden family. Oh yeah, folks. You're right, Marjorie Taylor, Congresswoman Green. You, the Oversight Committee is going to have to work some serious overtime to figure this all out. To figure out how pervasive this corruption has been. How many of the Biden family having been involved with this? Not just Hunter, and not even James Biden, uh, Joe's brother. How many members of the Biden family were getting money? Hmm? How many? And how much? That's going to take a long. That's going to take a long time to get through. But they better get to work, because I'll tell you right now. Um, this is going to be all kinds of crazy. That is for sure. But of something else that really bugs me, and has bugged me. Um, as much as, <coughs> pardon me. As much as I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the whole January 6th mass, but I have to admit, I have to give kudos to Revolver News and their continuing uh, investigations into the January 6th Fed surrection. And, yeah, and I'm really, really thinking it is a Fed surrection. I mean, between Merrick Garland... And the F and the Justice Department, you've got Ray and the FBI, and you've got Homeland Security and all of this. It's a mess. But I will be putting links to this story and all the other stories uh, from Just the News, uh, putting it on there uh, on a website for the weekend so you can take a look at it. But this story just blows my mind, and it's an exclusive. Now, the headline from Revolver is Biden's regime's seven-year prison sentence for Green Beret January 6th whistleblower reopens festering wounds 
of the Fed's erection lie. And it is, and it's getting even weirder by the day. You have a gentleman, a former Green Beret, served his country honorably, who's Jeremy Brown is his name. And apparently he recorded uh, federal agents trying to recruit him as an informant. A, a paid informant to infiltrate some of these groups and to cause whatever trouble they were trying to cause on January 6th. Now, it's already bad enough. You don't hear that much about January 6th anymore. Especially after the amazing video that was played by Tucker Carlson just, gosh, a couple of weeks ago. And the QAnon shaman... And I believe that helped the QAnon shaman get out of federal prison a whole lot sooner than they wanted to because all of a sudden, uh, boom, here we go. Uh, nobody wants to talk about the narrative anymore because, well, people like Tucker Carlson busted it. And for all you collaborationist Republican dingbats in the Senate who got all mad, it's like, why are you getting mad? The truth got exposed. The QAnon shaman's out of federal prison in a halfway house, and you're getting all pissed off. Frankly, if you're voting with, if you're voting, you know, one of the McConnell collaborationists and trying to pretty much screw over the country, you need to sit down, shut up, and have a cookie. You do. Because Tucker Carlson had the guts to go after these guys, show the truth, and being, and the QAnon shaman escorted around by Capitol Police, and none of this crap that came out in the, I guess, the kangaroo court of, hear, of a hearing that was thrown. So yeah, that's going to be fun. But the story, I mean, it's amazing how much uh, this, and it's so extensive, you know, the whole situation with uh, Jeremy Brown, but uh, anybody ever hear, hearing the name Ray Epps lately? Anybody? The mysterious Mr. Epps out there in Arizona who was on the FBI's website, picture and everything, and there's plenty of video evidence that he was one of the instigators uh, to break down, I mean, it was just an intricate, an intricate plan. And, but apparently, because of his involvement, he was only on the FBI's website for six months, and then come July 1st, poof, he's gone. He's gone. And the field office of the FBI in Phoenix swore up and down on a stack of Bibles that they didn't know who this guy was. And I'm going, huh? What? Are you kidding? Next. So yeah, this thing is skunky like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it smells like three-day-old dead fish left out in the sun. And it's going to get worse because until we find out what the heck really happened with Ray Epps, because he's really the linchpin to a lot of this. Why was he all of a sudden 
after six months of being a person of interest and wanted by the FBI, he disappeared. I mean, that's just one of the questions I would ask I mean, if I had an opportunity to. So there's that going on. Holy cow. But yes, I will have links to this story uh, on just the new, uh, not just, oh, good grief, in blackandright.net. So, I mean, oh my gosh, I've got like just the news on the brain, but John Solomon does fantastic work and he definitely earned it this week for sure. Not one, but two blockbusters, back-to-back -back days. Crazy. Well, speaking of things that still don't make sense, and uh, as, but now we've got Breitbart with a story. The FBI is stalling the release of the Nashville School Shooters Manifesto. Now, according to other sources, uh, the Tennessee Star, uh, that was uh, Patrick Michael Leahy's uh, organization, that the tragic shooting by the trans terrorist uh, in Nashville in late March, apparently the Nashville police had the manifesto of the shooter. But yet, here came the FBI, and all of a sudden, it, uh, the FBI pretty much uh, took it into their property, never left a copy for the Nashville police, and now they don't want to, uh, now they don't want to release it. Now, I'm thinking, well, some, some politician, uh, in, local politician in Nashville was saying that, oh, it, put, it poses too much danger to the public. I'm thinking, mm, not really. Not really at all. Because g given the fact that you have the Biden administration willing to go to extreme lengths to push the alphabet people's lifestyle, that, oh, this is normal, We're, and, and apparently the manifesto must not have turned, must not have come in line with the uh, narrative that the media uses, because perhaps maybe releasing that manifesto might end up, shall we say, hurting, hurting the cause? Hmm? I mean, to go against what the media uh, media's been telling us about, oh, these poor victims, these poor victims who are LGBT whatever, <coughs> XYZ. I said, mm -mm, no, 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 no. I did say back, oh gosh, when this first happened, it's going to be an interesting sort of, how do you describe this? Now, you've got the shootings that have happened since, especially the one down in Alabama, and you also have these uh, anti-Second anti Amendment zealots who tried to storm the Capitol building in Nashville for the Tennessee legislature. Uh, so you're going to have to, they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, is it gun, is it gun violence? What happened, why are these people, and it's been more than one trans person who has done these type of shootings, so 
if they're going to try to talk about mental health issues, that's going to put the LGBT crowd in an interesting spot. Because if the Nashville shooter, uh, transgender, uh, had m mental issues and was treated, as some outlets have reported, then you're going to be wondering, well, wait a minute, something's not right here. Uh, wait, we, we're going to lose the narrative and we're going to make ourselves look silly. So, I don't know about that one, but boy, oh boy, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. Will the FBI actually release it or not? Because I'd be curious to find out what was in it, but apparently nobody in, Nash in the Nashville Police Department uh, you know, wants to talk about what, how, what happened with the FBI and, they, and who, who came and took it, by what authority, and so on and so on. But that's going to be another one of those to-be-continued kind of mysteries. That is for certain. However... This, this little story, <laughs> I just kind of want to end with today. This fascinates me. This is how you really get to Trump derangement syndrome. And this is a new way of doing it. And, let's see, uh, there we go. New PAC led by ex-Freedom Caucus member focused on ending MAGA and ousting People like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and more. And, oh, this is going to be hilarious to me. It's hilarious to me uh, how scared out of their wits some of these uh, never-Trumpers and others, how scared they are of MAGA. I mean, absolutely blown away by MAGA. Now... Just reading a little bit of this. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the group, Missionary Democ Mission Democracy PAC, even intends to challenge such members in super conservative home districts, running ads and messaging campaigns that accuse them of anti-democratic and other extreme positions, according to the New York Times. The group has reportedly has... Sorry... Let me try that again. The group reportedly has just over half a million dollars in the bank, but has ambitions to raise $18 million for the 2024 election cycle. The former Freedom Caucus member is former Virginia Congressman Denver Riggleman, who has since left the Republican Party. Well, duh. Other leaders in the effort include former Trump administration official Olivia Troy and Marcus Flowers, an Army veteran and Democrat who lost by 32 points last election season in his bid to oust Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh my gosh! Again, another huge loser! <laughs> that cracks me up. The Democrat who ran against Marjorie Taylor Greene and got beat by 32 points. I mean, that's almost as bad as what happened to Liz Cheney in Wyoming during the Wyoming primary last August, 
where she got beat by 40 points by uh, Maggie Haberman. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Harriet uh, Hageman. I'm sorry, I keep getting the two confused, and I'm so sorry, because Maggie Haberman is a full-blown leftist journalist who really can't be trusted or listened to or taken seriously, but still, but yeah, <laughs> that cracks me up. <laughs> now, here you have people who are so focused on getting rid of MAGA. It's like, let me help you here. For all of you Trump derangement syndrome sufferers and, and various and sundry losers, MAGA has never been about one person. It's never been. And, and Trump will even admit to it. It's not about him. He tells many of his MAGA supporters that what, this, what the Biden regime wants is them, the deplorables, the America First crowd, uh, people who love this country, but Trump is in the way. And they're somehow thinking that we go after Trump, we take down Trump, and we got this. Uh, wrong, wrong, and very wrong. MAGA is about tens of millions of Americans, maybe closer to 100 million, who are sick and tired of getting the short end of the stick. They're tired of being screwed around with, lied to, lied about, and everything else. And now it's coming to a head. They've seen what's going on with gas prices. They see what's going on with food prices, housing prices. You've got people who are trying all different kinds of ways uh, to just adjust to the crud that's being forced down their throats. I mean, oh my goodness. How many people are trying to afford cars? They can't because you've got, uh, even a report on CNBC was talking about repossession, car repossessions. Car repossessions are at 15,000 per day across the country. Now, for people who live in areas like I do, in more rural areas, where you have to have a vehicle because there is no transit, oh yeah, this is going to get... The reality is hitting. And yet, we still have people who are just disgruntled Republicans turned Democrats, and all of a sudden they're going to go out. We're going to go after MAGA. We're going to oust people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. Well, I'll tell you what. I have friends of mine who live in Matt Gates District in Pensacola. They love him. They absolutely love him. And the military community that's there loves him too. So, yeah, you can throw somebody at him. You know, you can throw all kinds of lies about him. But I don't think people in Florida's first congressional are really to get ready to get rid of him. No. I mean, the only way I believe Matt Gates loses his seat is if, like, okay, at some point he retires. That's the only way that I can see this, because Americans are pissed. Period. I mean, let's, it's, I'm sorry for getting a little raw, but it's time to deal with some reality. We're tired of it. 
millions upon millions of people are tired of it. That's why every time somebody goes after Trump, millions of dollars in campaign donations uh, come right into his coffers. Ever since his indictment by the George Soros bought and paid for slave, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, the Trump campaign has gotten some $20 million uh, in donations ever since that. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's like, and it drives the left crazy. It drives the establishment Republicans crazy. Because Trump has changed so much of grassroots politics and populism. Popular populism. Now, I know there are still going to be people who are, you know, anti-Trump Christians especially. I love how they work because, or at least how they think they work. But anyway, so yeah, it's pretty nuts. But I'm loving it because the American people, and I think Glenn Beck said it best when he was interviewed by uh, Tucker Carlson uh, not that long ago. Trump has become transcendent in the sense that he's not just, you know, one guy, just not one man who happens to be a billionaire and so on and so forth, but he is the symbol, a symbol of Americans who work hard, love their country, go to church on Sunday, pay their taxes, considering we just got finished with tax week, and they're tired of getting they're tired of getting screwed. They're just tired of it. And you go after their symbol and Trump just gets stronger. Be it Alvin Bragg in New York or Fannie Willis, the messed up Democrat DA in Fulton County there in Atlanta, or this Jack Smith, the latest attack dog by uh, Merrick Garland going after uh, this whole thing with the Mar-a-Lago raid, which we have also discovered the White House was involved in. So yeah, bring it. Bring it, Riggleman, bring it. Bring your disgruntled friends. Because I'll guarantee you, so long as there is breath in a lot of people, 2024 is going to be really, really intense. It's going to be, and, all, and, and, and the primary's not even for a year. And yet, I said back all the way around the time of the midterms last year, all Trump had to do was announce he's running, and pretty much it was over. And every poll I have seen has pretty much proven it. Trump with leads as big as 35 points on Governor DeSantis, and I love Governor DeSantis. He's my governor. He's done a great job for the state of Florida, but right now, this is Trump's time, and just I pray he just simply lets it go, focus on getting what he needs to be get, getting done in Florida, and then 2028, hey, no problem. We got you, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, do, we'll deal with that when it gets here, but for now, this is Trump's time. And I just love to see all these people give it a try and try to destroy MAGA. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, period. So who knows what's going to happen with that. 
Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, what a week it was, and oh, what a week it was. And I thank you so much uh, for listening. You can always send us uh, your thoughts and comments at inblackandright at gmail.com. Uh, later today and for the weekend, we're going to have the stories uh, from Just the News and Revolver, and you can read some of the key documents uh, involved in that. Uh, also, uh, in Black and White Daily, yes, we had a little bit of technical issues going on with it, but now we've—I believe—we've got them fixed. And in Black and White Daily, we'll be back on Monday on our Rumble page, back with uh, brand new episodes. And thank you so much for your patience and waiting uh, so we can get this uh, up and finished for you. So yes, so starting Monday. In Black and White Daily on our Rumble page, we'll be back and looking forward to it. And of course, as always, we'll still be doing the audio podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform and just tell your friends. That's all I ask. And for now, have a great weekend, everybody. Take care of yourselves. God bless. And always remember, patriots come in all colors.